Okay, sabaho, sabaho, everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Welcome back to the channel. It is Saturday morning uh, with tech, and welcome back to Saturday morning with tech. I don't know why I'm a little bit flustered, um, but it is August twenty first, and of course, forgot to turn off all my notifications. August thirty first, twenty first, twenty one, twenty twenty one, on this beautiful Saturday morning. It's still a little bit cool as far as the weather here in Southern California. Um, and as we see here, we have all already a whole bunch of people in there. Dan, of course, Grounded Tech, uh, smash that like button uh, ages ago. Greg, always, always, always appreciate it uh, for everybody. Hey, man, hope you're doing well. And um, I wish you a speedy recovery. And as hopefully, as you were mentioning earlier, going back home tomorrow um, on Sunday to, uh, to be back with your loved ones. Uh, Greg is in the chat as well. Uh, good morning, Greg. Hope you're doing great. Um, I have uh, iGhost2. I guess there's only in there. Jimmy Fire Dragon's in there. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm, um, I'm a little bit excited today because, uh, something showed up at my door yesterday that I'm very happy that Sony was able to, uh, let me borrow for a couple of days, for, for, for a couple of weeks. Uh, now it's not the Xperia one Mark three that unfortunately I don't have that one anymore. Uh, but, uh, Sabaho, Hey, Chemi's in there as well. Um, I'll just say this, check out this little effect. Oops, sorry. <laughs> that was the shadow. No, uh, actually check out this little effect. One two one two um so what what i'm talking about essentially is uh this nice little feature uh, it's not really a feature uh they let me borrow the uh the brand new sony e10 the zv e10 it's the successor to the zv1 that we saw last year um and it's a camera that enables us not only to have a very small very portable experience uh but it also gives us the ability of uh, actually having interchangeable lenses which actually is one of by far one of the reasons i was very excited about this one um, so what I mean by this is, let me see if I can share this with you guys real quick. Um, when you're looking at this, I have two cameras right on top of each other, one filming under the other. And it's mostly because I want to actually use it in the, in the live stream today. And that's that slightly ever so slightly moved uh, view. And you could see slight difference in experience. Obviously, we're still using Sony cameras. We're still using Sony lenses, so Sony glass all over the place. But this is actually not bad, uh, considering that this is a uh, you know seven hundred and ninety nine dollars with the with the um, I guess with the kit lens. If you're able to pick that up with it, um, by comparison to obviously the Sony Alpha uh, A seven S three that I've been using, and that one's costing. I mean, camera alone is about thirty five hundred, uh, and then add in the lens, close to about four K. Uh, that's a lot more camera, obviously, but this has. A lot of the same experiences, the flippy display, I'm able to see myself. Uh, I can actually use it as a webcam to the PC, although unfortunately, since I got it last night, I didn't have enough time to set that up. Uh, but I'm hoping to do that as well, hopefully for next Saturday's uh, live stream. I have it with me till at least uh, two weeks from yesterday. Um, I see here Dominic Wands in there. Hey, man, good morning. Hope you're doing well. Um, uh, Gigori99, um, do you like the Fujifilm color science or Sony's better? I've been more of a Sony uh, science kind of. Um, I started originally with Canon, went over to uh, basically the GH5 series, uh, and of course, then went back over to Sony as opposed to going back to Canon. And it's been mostly because of the availability of the hardware. Uh, color science and autofocusing systems, both Canon and Sony have amazing autofocusing systems. So like as we're talking right now, I'm actually filming with the, Z uh, the E10. And the E10 is basically the reason why I set it up where it was in that picture that I was showing you, uh, because I wanted to make sure that it kind of gave me the exact or roughly the same view. So ever so slightly lower. So you could kind of see it right there. So this is the uh, A7S III, uh, typical to what you guys see me every Saturday, every live stream, and actually every video that I create. 
Uh, and of course, this would be the E10. Um, and again, using Sony Glass uh, connected right now to power with HDMI out. So they get the best picture out of it is through HDMI. Although it does work over USB-C to use it on the PC, you do need to download the Sony Imaging Edge software. Um, Finn Jake is in there. Hey, Morn. Good morning, Finn. Uh, hope you're doing well. <laughs> Good night from India. Uh, yeah, uh, depending where you where you are. Uh, Hamid Hamid uh, is saying hello to everybody. Hope you guys are doing well. Um, this week has been a busy week. This week has been a very busy week for me. Um, I produced a lot of content that I wasn't planning on originally. Like when I went into this week, I was thinking it was going to be, and, and it's not something that I could have controlled, but it was mostly because the surprise of the week was the experience, sorry, the uh, Pixel 5a, uh, the Pixel 5a 5G release on Tuesday. And also coincidentally, that's when I got the device. So Monday was intended mostly for uh, the Insider phone. This is a designed phone, but well, this is a Qualcomm. Okay, take that. It's, a, it's an Asus design and built phone to emphasize the Qualcomm technologies in the Snapdragon 888. I think that's the best way to describe it. Uh, if you've heard that this is an, a Qualcomm and ASUS collaboration, uh, Qualcomm wants to be clear that this essentially is a Qual is a Samsung, sorry, is an ASUS device that was designed by ASUS. That's why the high heritage from the ROG series, the shape, the camera position, positioning and everything, even down to the you know uh, illuminating logo, although it does say Snapdragon on it for Snapdragon insiders. Um, Geeky Nassim is in the chat, uh, and uh, Geeky Gadgetry as well. The 5A is so confusing. It is a little bit of a confusing story when you look at what the 5A is trying to do and when and where it was released. Like, obviously, Google's story this year is a little bit confusing in a sense as to we are at the end of August today, you know, obviously, you know, today, the 20, 21st. Um, the 20, the, 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 sorry, the Pixel 5a was released out of the blue almost at the end of August um, in anticipation of what's coming up in the fall for the Pixel 6 and the Pixel 6 Pro. Now, we don't have a specific date for the launch date of those devices, but because it was so delayed after Google I.O., which is typically where we saw the Pixel 5a release last year, right, the 4a last year and the, 4, uh, and the 3a the year before, um, I really, or at least Juan and I on Thursday, were originally kind of thinking that it was going to be basically just a three, a three different device launch event done at the same time. You have an entry level, probably big little uh, standard 5A and 5A XL, and then you had the 6 and the 6 Pro. Um, so, you know, Google decided basically, no, we're going to consolidate the A series this year and we're going to release a, a 6 and a 6 Pro kind of going back to what we had in the past. Uh, and then again, they released the 5A a little bit ahead. And so I'm really happy with that. I've been spending some time with it. I pushed out a video from that yesterday on both uh, the English and the Arabic channel, which is what I meant when I said this has been a busy week. Uh, so I released six videos um, between the English and Arabic channel on all the three devices. So the Realme GT Explorer Master Edition, again, one a great device uh, from Realme. Uh, it's focused mostly on uh, having great specifications, although it doesn't have the 888, still features at the best 870, or I'd say the 865 upgrade from last year. So the 870 is a 2021 edition uh, with some optimizations done for uh, basically the 870, which is, uh, again, uh, a, a modem and SOC that are separate, which is, again, based on the architecture of the 865, where the 888, it's all integrated, and we also have the triple ISP. So slightly different configuration, but I still feel like Realme nailed that one. And then, of course, the Snapdragon Insider phone and then the Pixel 5a. Uh, <laughs> um, so a lot of things. Uh, I, I totally agree. Uh, I definitely very, very much agree with you on that one. Uh, I'm, I'm not using the five, uh, 5G on my... Uh, 
Oh, too, oh, to watch. <laughs> not too bad. Actually, it's not that bad. Uh, so Greg did get a um, get his hand on a uh, OnePlus 8. Uh, and uh, that device actually features 5G and has been getting him some pretty decent connections uh, in Philly, where he, uh, in, in the area where he is. Uh, definitely looks really, really nice. Um, oh, PewDiePie. Uh, uh, sorry, hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Uh, Pewdie oh, PewDiePie. <laughs> sorry, it is. Uh, the white one does look very nice. Uh, they did release a couple of editions. One of them actually had, uh, and he's referring to uh, this one. It's actually a matte white finish. It's not a, a reflective, and it actually has a very nice sheen to it. Uh, I had a few people comment on this saying that it kind of looked like a OnePlus 9. Uh, at the end of the day, you have to keep in mind, BBK is the overarching company between Realme, Oppo, OnePlus. Um, so at some point or another, I, I probably would say the designs being seen from one side to the other with them sharing their R&D departments. I, I, you know, it's not unlikely, but I'm happy with the design. I like how it looks. Uh, and it does actually uh, handle everything pretty much as you'd expect it. 12 gigs of RAM, 256 gigs of internal storage on the one that I have. Uh, and it's kind of priced around 500 bucks, which is crazy for what they're asking for. Um, Jimmy Fire Dragon, uh, <laughs> uh, tech for your needs, uh, absolutely. And that wasn't actually the to the, the total number. Uh, I actually did eight videos total because on Tuesday, I did a quick unboxing, kind of like a YouTube shorts kind of thing for the Pixel 4a 5G. That wasn't really a lot of work, but it was mostly done on mobile. That was the beauty of it. And then on Monday, I also posted another video on XDA for uh, the, the Snapdragon Insider phones. That, so that was also, that's how I kind of culminated the week. Uh, so by the end of Friday night or by the end of the day on Friday, I was pretty much feeling the uh, the grind. Let's just say that I felt I felt like I did a lot of work and I'm glad that a lot of people appreciate it, which is, again, the, the whole reason we do this. Right. Um, we want to be able to share our thoughts and share our opinions. And um, we got we can we do get a chance to talk. Oh, take that back. There's also the live stream on Thursday night with Juan Carlos uh, for the best of our week, of course. Hmm. <laughs> Dominic one. I like that one. BBK is like a VW. So, so many brands, but a lot of components are shared. Uh, that is actually very true. Uh, VW, if you guys don't know, owns a lot of companies uh, and a lot of brands that you probably have I've never thought that would be actually sold under the same, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Porsche is actually one of those brands as well. Um, Grounded Tech is here. Um, I know about I know about that, uh, but it doesn't affect all devices. And oh, okay, so hold on. I'm, uh, see, Google be... Okay, <laughs> I think I'm missing a conversation. Hold on. So Dominic Juan said, I'm still using the old uh, Nikon uh, D7700. Actually, um, if I'm not mistaken, um, one of our best friends here uh, is starting to use a Nikon as his primary camera. Let me see here, Greg, uh, Geek in Asim. Okay, so here's a question. Uh, what's your opinion on the Snapdragon phone for Snapdragon Insiders versus the ROG Phone 5 series? These two are really competitive, but what's your tr what choice would you go with? The devices or both devices are designed for different users. The design, the Snapdragon Insider, Snapdragon Insider phone is designed uh, with a specific customer in mind. Uh, and I need to remember that I'm actually looking at the wrong camera right now. So we are actually on the new camera. So this is the ZV1. So the ZV1 here, sorry, it's here, the E10. And this is the A7S III. I know. It, why would I have two cameras on top of each other? Again, it, it this today or this week's live stream is going to be entirely done on the E10. Um, so the Insider phone is really designed for users that are looking to get the best of what 
a device could be if it was essentially kind of like the GPE. If you guys remember back in the day, we used to get those Google Play Edition uh, models of devices. So LG and Samsung and HCC released versions of their devices, their popular devices with a Google uh, Google Edition, basically in a, um, a, uh, a stock Android experience on a smartphone designed and made by another company. Now, that was a very short-lived series of devices. Very few devices actually got released under that moniker. And the Snapdragon Insider phone is pretty much that with the understanding that it's focusing on the Snap on Qualcomm technology. What I mean by this is obviously it's featuring the 888. Now they didn't go with the 888 Plus, but again, the difference between the 8 and the 8 Plus uh, this year at least are not as, uh, as as substantial as they used to be in the past. And also designs of phones take usually a lot longer. So by the time this was designed and released, it had to have gone through with the original version of the 888 before the 888 Plus was designed. So when you go when you go with that, you go with 16 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of internal storage, um, a large, massive display, QHD, 120, uh, 144 hertz. Uh, you're also getting a lot of those heritage things that we got from the ROG phone. Uh, those are the things that I think really showcase the technology. And of course, top that off with quick charge uh, 5.0, which is up to 100 watts. Uh, now, the one we have here, though, is up to 65 watts. So. When you look at that and then you look at what a standard ROG does with the UI elements, the enhancements, uh, and of course the software is different. So I think somebody that's looking for more of a gaming experience and really loving what ROG stands for will definitely gravitate towards the ROG Phone 5, the Plus, or even the Ultimate Edition. Um, and they're very much uh, very different in, in a sense also that the battery on the Insiders is actually a lot less. Uh, the RG Phone 5 runs a 6,000 milliampere battery. We're here, we're running a 5,000, sorry, a 4,000 milliampere battery, substantially lower, but does charge a lot faster. Um, and then, of course, the big focus on Snapdragon sound. We don't have a headphone jack on the RG Phone, uh, sorry, on the Insider's uh, phone where the ROG phone does actually support a DAC on their audio. So there's been a different experience here. This is Qualcomm trying to push technology to the next level when it comes down to audio. So um, in my kit, and if I can find it, uh, here it is. So in my kit, we also got this. This is the Snapdragon Sound Buds by Master and Dynamics. So these are customized and specifically made earbuds to feature 24 kilohertz, uh, 24, uh, 24 bit, 96 kilohertz audio on a true pair of wireless earbuds supported by Snapdragon Sound. So that's really where we want to go into. If you love your ears, if you really want to be able to get that really good um, audio experience on wireless, I think there's no question. I think Snapdragon Sound's going to be it. Right now, very few devices support that. I think the, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the 11 Mi 11 Ultra is one of them. Uh, and then this would be the other smartphone uh, covered as well. Uh, Libya. Oh, Hamid. Hamid is from uh, from Libya. Um, hey, man, hope you're doing well. Anna Wasalam in Libya. Uh, I like the A7. So, yeah, so Finn, Finn Jacobs, I think, is jumping in with... I like the A7, the A7S III camera uh, a little bit more. So let's do this. I'm going to do one more. And if you don't mind, guys, let me know in the comments below. Uh, uh, exciting Electronics. Hey, man, thank you very much for stopping by. Uh, and I've always appreciated. Um, let me know. Uh, hey, from Finland. Good. Well, good, good evening, I guess it would be. Good afternoon. Uh, but let me know. Okay, so here, this is the E10. And this is the A7S III. Okay. Now, I'm not going to deny Bokeh is obviously a lot stronger on that one. Uh, when I jump in here, you're noticing that it's actually doing a much better job and it's not doing that drop. And that's mostly because I left it on automatic. Again, I've had the camera less than 
literally almost 12 hours. I got it late last night. It was delivered and I unboxed. I opened up the box and it's not actually a boxed experience. Otherwise, I would have done an unboxing. Uh, it, this was a rental. So as you as you can imagine, uh, Sony lets us borrow those for a couple of days. So I have it for a couple of weeks. Uh, but it came with a couple of lenses. So I have the one here. I think it's a 35 to 80. Uh, it's a Sony lens. So that's one of the main benefits here. It's the ability of using that. In theory, I could have switched from that lens or taken that lens that I have on my A7S III and put that on the E10. And that would have given me that look that you guys are appreciating a little bit more here. Uh, but of course, uh, I, you know, like I said, I'm excited for this a lot because of the form factor. Uh, it records 4K 30 frames per second. It has the flippy display, which I really like. It's not that folding up like the uh, uh, the RX7 100 Mark uh, the RX7 100 Mark 7. I think that's the one that I have also. Uh, and it, but it also features a lot of good functionality. So we'll see. We have a couple of weeks to spend and have fun with this and do some content. And actually, if, again, we're producing content with it right now. Um, is that a kit lens on the uh, on both? No. So I don't typically. So uh, Dan's asking if I'm using kit lenses. I typically don't go with kit lenses on most of my cameras. If I'm buying a camera, I typically just buy the body, uh, mostly because I have camera lenses already. Uh, the one I have on the A7S III is a Tamron. It's not an actual. Uh, it's not Sony. I could be wrong. Hold on. Let me double check. Yes, I want to say it's a Tamron. My mistake. Um, when I said Sony glass before, I was mistaken. Yes, it is a Tamron uh, lens on the Sony A7S III, uh, where the uh, E10 is running the Sony glass that I that I got with the the, the rental, I guess, or the I keep saying rental. Uh, the basically the lender, the loaner that I got for the next couple of weeks. The biggest difference is uh, just it's the bigger sensor. Of course, we're talking about a full frame sensor to a, a very small cropped sensor. So you're looking at it. In, there's going to be differences. This is intended to be more of uh, focus on everything. It's not really meant to have this level of uh, focus. Like you see, you could see me and I'm looking at myself mostly. And then you can see the background and I feel like it keeps doing that syncing. So hold on, let me see here. No, autofocusing is actually very fast. Let's see here real quick. Boom. Right there, right there. It does have a little bit of uh, seeking. Yes. So here, focus. Not that bad. Not bad at all. I mean, I like I said, I, I kind of like it. It's initial initial flight. Um, and I, like I said, mounting it very close to where I did. Um, where did you, Google come out with the Pixel 6 and then went back to the Pixel 5a? Okay, so Exciting Electronics is asking, why did Google come out with the Pixel 6 and then come back up to the 5a? So Google teased us with the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro, right? They said that they're coming this fall. They didn't really come out with them necessarily. They confirmed that the design is going to be what everybody's been leaking. And um, that it's coming this fall, which we always anticipated was when the Pixel, uh, the new Pixel series will be released. The 5A was a little bit of a confusing story because it's just such, it's been delayed quite a bit. It went from May to June to July, and we're almost at the end of August. And then it was released um, ever so surprisingly on a Tuesday, and you know, which is typical, kind of like that's usually when they do their data, you know, their software drops at the beginning of the month. Uh, not not that this was the software drop that they did for Pixel. Um, the 5A was really the solution of where they wanted to provide a, an affordable Pixel in 2021. They've done it for the last couple of years. Now, for the last couple of years, they've been going with a two, a big little uh, approach uh, with the ability of actually staggering them, right? So the the 3A came six months or so after, six or seven months or so after the Pixel 3 and the 3XL came out. So it was separate, but you had four devices. You have three, 3XL. Three, uh, sorry, the, the 3A, the 3A XL, and then you had the 3 and the 3 XL. So you had 
four devices roughly to cover the span from really inexpensive to high-end flagship experience. Uh, the Pixel 4 and 4XL kind of had the same situation. We had the 4A and then the 4A 5G came a little bit later at the same time as the Pixel 5 in 2020. So we also had that different situation, but they stuck to the plan, although we didn't go with a flagship experience in 2020. Flip it over to 2021 with the Tensor processor coming up, the new, uh, you know, Whitechapel, dubbed Whitechapel uh, SOC from Google in collaboration with Samsung. And it looks like they're basically going in and saying, look, we're going to release a 5A, but we're going to give you literally the best 5A you can get for the money and for the feature set that we've ever introduced. I'm talking about a 6.34 inch display, uh, 1080p, 20 by 9 aspect ratio, stereo speakers, IP67 water and dust resistance. That again, that's something we had on the Pixel 5 last year. Now it's down to 450 bucks uh, with Google. And then, of course, you get the camera system, the 12, 16, and the 8 camera uh, mechanism, and, of course, a computational photography, all of that done at a very reasonable price. And that's going to be for the somebody that's looking for a smartphone that can carry them and does everything that they need to the next level, but not for so much money. So for 450 bucks, that's what the 5A 5G is going to be. And I think it's a great offering for anybody looking at it. That doesn't mean it's going to compete with the 6 and the 6 Pro. It doesn't actually run the same processors. This is a Qualcomm-based 765G. So this is a mechanism for them to still cover the spectrum. Unfortunately, we're losing one size, which is typically the smaller of all of those. So yeah, for sure. Let me see here. Uh, da, da, da. Let me see here. I think there was a, uh, okay. So Dominic is keep saying the A7 is just looks uh, a lot clearer and, um, and one just looks a, a little bit, bit blurry. Yeah. So I think it's more about, um, I think I have it on auto mode and right now, and I, I am almost tempted to say that it may be just focusing on slightly. No, I mean, it, it does focus the focus level. I mean, it is very clear. You can actually see it. And it does focus pretty good, uh, but you're right. The the actual the lens difference as well as the sensor difference does make for a big difference between the two. I'm not saying they're supposed to be the same. Uh, my intention was mostly to show uh, that the difference is not so great, but that you can still pull a very decent experience using an E10 uh, as opposed to having to go all the way to five four to five thousand uh, dollars, depending on what you're trying to do. That's what I was trying to say as well. Also, this is a studio environment. I'm not using the audio from it. I'm using still my own audio interface that I'm running straight to the PC. So there's different things that we can do. Uh, but my goal is to actually try to do a little bit more outdoors vloggy style experience uh, with the E10, uh, especially stuff around the, uh, believe it or not, uh, around the Tesla, because I've always wanted to take a very small, more portable experience and something that I can use and put in the car and actually film with it. So uh, my next video on the Tesla will definitely be done entirely with the E10, uh, even as far as the audio as well. So we'll have to see. But I agree with you, Dominic. I think the uh, the, the video feed from the A7S3 uh, there's a, there's definitely a big difference in hardware that pulls from there. Uh, Tamron is uh, is partially owned by Sony as well, so their lenses are perfectly fine. Yes, uh, I've actually had very very good uh, successful uh, use from Tamron, and I've used their lenses uh, even I think back in the day when I was on um, uh, even with Canon, uh, they make lenses for multiple carriers, uh, but it's actually very nice. They for the price to the for the bang for the buck type of experience, I feel like Tamron does a great job. There are still some lenses, unfortunately, I would still probably get straight from Sony, like the G Masters and so on. But I think for for a studio experience, the Tamron works very nice. I have my main Sony glass sitting on the A7 III uh, that I use typically for more mobile. Once I go back to start doing travel and stuff like that, I think um, the A7 III will start getting a little bit more work uh, out of it. And then again, as long as I have uh, the E10. 
Um, the other reason why I actually I was very intrigued about trying the E10 is uh, my overhead camera system that I have right now is a, a drastic aging piece of hardware. And I mean by this, uh, it does record 4K30, which is a great feature, but it has a bug, or at least a, it was a, just a feature that at the time that they didn't really think about it is because I use video output, the way I, I set up my videos, even with the main cameras, I have a monitor that sits to the left of me. I want to make sure to look and see exactly what the video looks like coming out of the camera, not just looking at it from the little viewfinder. The little viewfinders work great, but they're too tiny and not easy for me to know, especially when we're doing specific product view. So I've been using a Handycam from Sony uh, that's about six to seven years old. I cannot use video out if I want to jump over to 4K. So if I want to fully jump into the 4K 30, which I think I need to be at this point, um, especially now with the uh, R3080 Ti that I've uh, that I've set up with DaVinci Resolve, there's no reason for render times to be an issue for me or even red editing content on my PC. So that's been one of my big holdups is that I haven't been shooting in 4K with the top camera down because I can't really see what I'm doing and I can't really see and use that little viewfinder because otherwise I'll be like doing things on my desk and looking up and it just it's it's just not conducive to creation. But the E10 does support video out. It seems like it has video out, even though it's on 4K. Although I did not record 4K, that's going to be the magic. We'll just have to see how that works. Uh, sorry, long story long, I agree with you. Uh, is is the, the Google Pixel 5a overheating? Okay, so uh, let's talk about that one. Um, Lanky Go, um, Gotham is asking, it's, it's actually a very good question. There's been some coverage, some articles, and so on. Um, the Pixel 5a 5G is... Um, features the 765G. So it's running a mid-ranger processor. It has uh, six gigs of RAM, 128 gigs of internal storage. And those are very similar to what we had last year with the 4A 5G. Uh, the reason why I'm saying this as a, before answering this question is because I ran some tests on both of them. Now, uh, to answer the question very quickly, uh, any device under certain circumstances will overheat, depending on what you're doing and what you're doing to the system. Uh, the heating issues, or at least a lot of the comments have been coming up with the heating issues, have been relating to camera performance, meaning while using the camera to record 4K, 4K30, and 4K60. Uh, keeping in mind that the system, or that the, initially the 765G initially when released last year, did not have 4K60. That was added later when LG, as Juan was mentioning to us on Thursday, uh, that LG basically was able to showcase that they could do it with the velvet and, the, and the, the wing. And those are things that we need to keep in mind. Those are technologies that we didn't really know at the time were going to happen. So now that we have it and we can show, we can record, I ran a couple of tests on my devices. Uh, so I ran a 4K 60 frames per second stabilization, normal stabilization view um, a video. And I wanted to see how long could I record a single clip of 4K 60 frames per second. Um, and again, it wasn't moving. It was sitting on a table propped against the water bottle. Uh, and I was able to go to 19 minutes and two seconds with the 4A 5G and sorry, the 5A 5G. The 4A 5G went all the way to 27 minutes before it decided to give me a heat warning. So both of them do give us a heat warning. Um, they don't generally give you that if you're using the phone. Um, like day in and day out, playing games, doing things, it's not going to show you an overheating issue. The overheating comes specifically when you're referencing to specifically the camera in 4K, 4K 30 or 4K 60. And I looked at that and I really started to consider the fact of what, what is this concern and is it really a big problem? Uh, at the end of the day, if you're looking to use your phone for content creation and you're going to be shooting 4K 60 frames per second for long durations, I don't really think the 4A 5G or the 5A 5G are going to be the smartphones for you. You shouldn't be buying those phones thinking that that's what you're going to be. This is a mid-ranger processor with a budget price point coming in with it. 
With that being said, 19 minutes and two seconds is a long duration video to shoot 4K60 for anybody. If you're doing a roll camera, like let's say you're using this as an a roll camera, like the way I do this, or you're trying to live stream from it, that's a different situation. But I don't see where 19 minutes of video is a bad experience. Now, keep in mind, this was indoors, it was controlled temperature, it wasn't outdoors, it was a super hot day. I think overall, Yes, there are concerns with the battery, with the with the temperatures. I think the enclosure or the body of the phone made to basically be water resistant, as well as the new metal, uh, the more inclusion of metal in there, is not allowing the four A the five A five G to dissipate heat as much as the four A five G was. Hence, why the four A five G can go to twenty seven minutes roughly, and of course the five A could only go to about nineteen. Although keep in mind, nineteen is again not a bad experience for four hundred and fifty bucks. I think that's a great experience. If you want to go much longer, very long durations, honestly, a, a brand new V60 from LG on Amazon right now is about 388, maybe 400 bucks. It's less priced than this phone and it will do much better. It just has the 865 um, as a processor, which if you kind of think about it, it's still a better processor, but it's a device that, as we know, has a certain end of life kind of experience since LG is no longer making phones. So short answer, there is some heating issues, but I feel like to hit those heating issues, you would truly have to be driving this phone as if you're trying to basically uh, for a very, a very extreme level for it to actually show up. I consider 19 minutes of video and anybody shooting at 4K 60 frames per second is definitely going to be something that you don't do on the daily. Uh, you may do that once in a while. Let's say you're, you're at a game and you're watching your kids and you're trying to record the video for them uh, and you're trying to record it in the best 4K 60. Again, those are going to be certain circumstances that I think this one would just probably not do as well. So I probably would recommend something a little bit different for you if you're if that's something that you feel like you need to use. Uh, but is it overheating on the on the general usage or everything? No, that, that is actually not the, the case. It's truly when you're pushing it. So let's just say that. Uh, let me see here. Da, da, da. I think we oh, Dominic one. Yeah. Uh, Tamron, I think we just covered that one. Da, da, da. I think, sorry, I'm a little bit behind. Hello, TK. Uh, catching up on the uh, on the first stream. First stream. Hey, fame, fame freak. Hey, welcome, welcome to the chat. Um, uh, <laughs> I love it. Haven't haven't had any actual giveaways since the GT. And uh, believe it or not, actually, uh, the last device uh, from the winners on the last one was just re-shipped back. Uh, there was some shipping issues with the with that winner, um, and we were finally able to get that device uh, shipped out, or at least Realme finally shipped that uh, shipped that out as well. Uh, they say, uh, oh, I, I, oh, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. The A7S III, uh, there's no question. It's it's a superior piece of hardware, uh, but I like the fact that the way it's actually been set up in there as well. Uh, there are no active giveaways. Yes, thank you very much, Aditya. Yes, uh, thank you for our moderator, Aditya Nil. Uh, thank you very much for hanging out. And uh, please, yeah, keep, be nice, be cool. And uh, I like the elbow nudge. That was uh, very coy, <laughs> very much. Uh, really impressed with your uh, with your answer. Thank you very much. Ah, uh, uh, Google, the brand that still doesn't sell here. I think we have to realize. We, we, we have to really, uh, we have, uh, <laughs> I think it was related to tax or something. Um, there are a lot of, so let's just say this. One of the biggest thing I, I feel like right now, it's everybody wants to be able to get access to pixels and truly, I mean, serious, if you're a fan of auto, and I'm not trying to say that that's obviously the, the best solution, but it is something that a lot of people appreciate the ability of picking up a phone, double pressing the power button and suddenly taking a picture and knowing that that picture is going to come out great 
is a very assuring feeling. And the evolution of the Google Cam that we have on Pixel smartphones have just come so much. The 4A 5G has all of the features we had last year. Now, it is technically missing a sensor, and I do want to apologize on that one. I'm going to go ahead and shut off the, uh, the notification. I have too many phones sitting on my desk, and I need to make sure that we take out all of the notification sounds uh, just to make sure that life is easy. Um, it is featuring everything that we wanted out of the Pixel uh, Pixels from before. So for sure, I've, I, I totally understand with you. Uh, Jermaine is, uh, you know, uh, concept creator is one of our favorite friends here. And uh, I'm totally with you. I really wish Pixel was in many, many places. I have the same conversation with a lot of the um, Arabic uh, videos that I produce with Pixels. They always are asking, when does it come? When can I get it? Or how how is it going to be released? And India as well is one of the bigger bigger markets that are trying to get it there as well. Uh, let me see here. Okay, and I thought I turned it off, but apparently no. Uh, I am. I turned on everything, I guess. Okay, let's turn on sound. <laughs> I love notification. Oh, here it is. Yeah. Ding, ding. Okay, we're gonna bring down. We're gonna bring down, and we're gonna put you down now. Uh, Greg is in there. I think I'm. Oh, eleven oh seven. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm about 20 minutes late on, on the comment. And of course, it jumped all the way down here. Uh, I do want to see... Oh, here it is. Um, all that tech. Thank you. All that tech. Uh, appreciate it. Thank you very much for the super chat. Um, I, I I don't know what to say. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Um, TK is 100% uh, holding a 5A to the same to the same standard as a flagship is silly. Absolutely, I'm with you. Um, also, people are having mixed results, um, as we know, as we don't know if it's uh, uh, systemic, systemic or not, uh, or not. Okay, you get a lot of phone for 450 bucks. So the reality that's true. Um, I think there was a couple of creators uh, that did have this issue, but on the on the general, I mean, even with Juan Carlos and myself, when we tested our own versions, because this was sent to quite quite a few Team Pixel members, so it's not like it was just two people that got it, and those are the two people that had problems. Um, I don't think necessarily it's systemic. I honestly could think that there is a high possibility that the, the, one of those two devices, at least, or both, maybe both, had hardware failure. Um, in the past, when I first started testing out the Pixel, not the Pixel, uh, the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III, uh, this is something obviously that I didn't necessarily put out in there because there was it was a failure or a hardware failure in there. Uh, but the first unit that Sony sent me had a lot of heating issues. It was an overheating issue. I could not shoot 4K 60. I could not shoot 4K 20. Anytime I tried using that, within minutes, literally like two minutes, the phone gives me a heat warning issue and it just would not work. Um, then Sony sent me another set, uh, another unit itself uh, that my second pair worked perfectly fine. There was no issues. And so I really think <clears throat> to a certain point, there may be a hardware concerns. Uh, the other thing I also want to mention is uh, temperature wise and obviously shooting in outdoors, there are obviously going to be some, some elements that are going to warm up and heat up your device. So the situation and everything going on right now, for the most part, seems like it's okay. Uh, and I'm hoping that this could be also fixed with a software update, maybe allowing the device to have a little bit higher thermal uh, threshold as a, before giving you that warning that could also fix the issue and allow us to go as long as we were going with the Pixel 5, with the Pixel 4a from last year. Uh, but as, as you ended that comment right there, you get a lot of phone for 450 bucks. And that is true. They went with the right size and all of the features. They, they literally went with the best that they could give us. Um, and again, kept it for actually $50 less than last year's model, which is what they did last year with the Pixel 4a um, over the Pixel 3a. Uh, so they went for even cheaper on the price point. And again, thank you very much for the super chat, Ben. Um, exciting. Uh, I used the, the track phone LG, uh, journey. That's actually a very good one as well. Yes, definitely. Uh, do you mind me making you a moderator 
Okay, exciting electronics, if you don't mind, please. Uh, we we kind of had the discussion last week. If you don't mind, this is something that it is, uh, you want to, if you want to discuss some things with some people, please reach out directly to the person offline. Uh, it is not the right um, forum for that type of, uh, for that discussion, if you don't mind. Uh, let me jump in here. Ryan B. Uh, oh, here. Ryan B. Have you been giving the buds to uh, think they uh, th think they work with uh, with the ANC on uh, on a plane on a flight? So I haven't had a chance to play with the buds too. Mine come here in about a couple of days. So I'm as soon as I get those, that'll be one of my first things to actually test out. Um, overall, the biggest thing that I've seen on the Buds 2 is the, the form factor. They are much lighter than what we've seen in the past, and it provides us with most of the experiences that you've seen with other Buds from uh, from Samsung. The biggest difference, of course, is that this is just the latest generation uh, with the update that we're getting, uh, especially with when you're trying to use them to make phone calls and an easy transition from, other, from one Samsung device to another. Uh, but I'm hoping to be able to, like I said, give some opinions on those very, very shortly. Um, Dan is jumping back. The majority of people I know uh, that would consider the 5A wouldn't even know a 4K60 is. And, and that's something to keep in mind. By default, the phone doesn't actually default to that level. It's defaulted to 1080p, 30 frames per second, the standard for, uh, frame rate as the front-facing camera. And it does a great job at that level still. So there's really a lot of things to keep in mind. Um, it's something that we also kind of need to keep in mind. As, as Dan's comment was kind of pointing out, uh, we are tech enthusiasts. When we look at a smartphone, anybody that's in this chat right now, watching this stream, listening to this voice stream uh, on the podcast, on the replay with the audio side, uh, we're enthusiasts. We have trained ourselves to look for all of the features on a smartphone before it's even out, before we even have it in our hand. We know the capabilities of that phone. And the average, or I would say most people, and I'll say this just from my close friends friends and family that are not techies, they never go in and switch it over to 4K. 1080p has been basically what they live in. Um, it saves them storage. It works great. They don't even consider it, but they know that it has it. So it's something that is nice to have. And I think on the general usage, uh, I think overall the 4A 5G does amazingly well. It does shoot in 4K 60. It's not that it doesn't work. You're able to get again up to, four, up to 19 minutes with my unit. I'm sure other devices could even go longer, could potentially be shorter. But at the end of the day, from what they offered, for what they promised, they are delivering. Could they fix this with software by, re I guess, again, releasing or increasing the, th uh, the thermal threshold? Absolutely. This is something that we'll have to see what Google does um, as far as maybe. And, and keep in mind, this could also be fixed um, in subsequent, uh, you know, before people are able to pick them up. The people that are talking about them right now, we are talking about pre-production units, units that were sent to us ahead of the public availability of the Pixel 4a. People can pre-order it now and it's going to start shipping out very soon. So you want to keep that in mind as well. So Google can totally fix this concern and uh, do some software optimization to increase the battery life, uh, the, the longevity of the video on this. Let me double check here. Okay, good. Uh, and so Dan, all that uh, all that tech can definitely connect with Exciting Electronic to you. Uh, definitely very good. Uh, let me see here. My opinion on um, why is iPhone has no competition excluding Android? That's actually a very... It's a very interesting question. I know I say the word interesting all the time. So iPhone is, or Apple has their own ecosystem. It's a very much, um, it, it's an ecosystem, the same way Android is an ecosystem. And, you know, Samsung's creating, trying, uh, has tried over the years to create its own ecosystem. We had Windows Phone, we had Symbian Phone, we had other operating systems come up. Uh, we have now something similar, kind of like, you know, Harmony OS, which is technically still based on Android. 
Uh, but the end of the day, competition right now, or at least the the um, I think just the process of elimination, if you think about it, what did people decide to buy? What did people put their money in? Android and, and iOS are the two ecosystems that people are willing to buy devices from. We haven't seen any other competitor that's able to step up to the level of those two ecosystems yet. There's also the mass adoption uh, and, of course, availability. So you have to really consider those two. Um, can there be third options coming up in the near future? Uh, there's been rumors saying that uh, there are some 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 manufacturers or Chinese manufacturers are looking to create other OEM uh, other OSs to run on their devices um, for as as basically like a backup. Harmony was supposed to be that, but then again, it was all released later on that it was based on Android. So at the end of the day, does it really make a difference, or is it just basically a different uh, a branch of what uh, you know with the development that's going on in there but uh, nothing's wrong with Android or and iOS being competitors it creates a good uh, market for us uh, but yeah I think it would definitely benefit having um, other OEMs or other uh, operating systems competing there uh, but it's again it's going to be competing with a big very solid uh, ecosystems uh, between Android and iOS uh, let me see here I think maybe jumping here da, da, da. Jimmy Fire Dragon. Um, oh, I think concept Jermaine's coming back to him. Okay, so uh, Finn Jacobs is actually asking a question. Okay, I didn't you I didn't know you can shoot continuous four K sixty for, uh, for frames per second on a Pixel five A. Um, I thought there was a there was a five minute limit on four K sixty. At least there was one on my seven Pro. So OnePlus does have a time limit, and that's a little bit different as well that we a lot of people don't talk about as much. Four K sixty truly taxes your system. Okay. It's the same thing as kind of saying that I want to shoot 8K for the longest time. So when we are looking at the technologies and what we're using, there are certain systems that are designed to withstand or even live in an environment that have a lot of heat. I'll say this, and I'll say this very, very obviously. So both of the cameras that I'm using right now to talk to you guys, I know they're Sony cameras, but both of them have a high temperature warning uh, option in the settings that if you don't monitor, will not last you for a long live stream. Like right now, if I didn't turn that feature off or turn it on to high setting on both those cameras, neither the A7S III or the E10 will allow me to go for the duration of the live stream uh, comfortably. And it would have given me a heat temperature and it would have shut down. I think the first... I want to say the first live stream I started using the uh, the A7S 3 it did actually crash. And not only did it crash, but I had to switch over to the webcam on my PC to finish the live stream because I did not turn on or turn off, or I guess turn on the high level um, on the temperature sensor. And that's something to keep in mind. You're taxing your system. You are taxing it to an extreme. Now, I understand there's also the conversation or the discussion is like, well, if you offer a feature, you should offer it to work all the time. Otherwise, this is not a right conversation. This is you should not offer the feature. I agree with you. Totally makes sense. Sony's had this conversation set to them many, many times, year over year. And even though they've had limitations on time when you're recording at high, uh, like high frame rate, this is something that we've known and we've come to understand how Sony operates. Now, Sony mitigated that by giving us the option now in the system to allow us to accept that we are going to run it hotter. Now, keep two things in mind. I am comfortable with it running hotter because, A, I'm in the studio. B, I am in an air-conditioned studio right now that enables me to keep the temperature low. So even if the cameras definitely run warmer, they're still being cooled from an external airflow. So those are a couple of things that I want to mention. Being outdoors, and if say I'm sitting in 100 or 90 or 100 degrees uh, temperature with any of those two cameras, I would not run them for this duration in the sun because I am definitely at that point starting to damage hardware, melting hardware and causing damage into them. So there are things you want to consider when you're using your tech, use them correctly. Um, I'm not, again, it's not I'm trying to defend the, the conversation. There's, again, conversation on both ends. 
just understand what you're trying to get. If you're trying to buy a $450 phone, but drive it like a $1,000 phone, expect some hiccups. It's not designed to be a $1,000 phone. Again, it's not running an 888. It's running a 765G, technically a year old processor. So I think just when you're making statements and say, look, I did reach a certain temperature uh, limit, make sure you put those caveats in the conversation and so that people can make a decision based on their needs. Uh, but as, as Finn was saying, he's like, I didn't even know this was an option. So it's something to keep in mind. Um, and I, I totally appreciate, like I said, it just when you're having a conversation like that, I would love to, for people to talk on both ends of the conversation, not necessarily just one end. Um, and, and it kind of keeps the conversation going as well. Uh, let me double check. Uh, in my opinion, okay, so Dominic Juan, uh, I like this. He added himself. In my, in my opinion, sorry, uh, not laughing at, it, at you, Dominic. It's, it's more of the how you add it yourself with the my. Okay. Um, uh, in my opinion, um, uh, um, in my opinion, on I think, um, oh, I, th I take that back. I think that there maybe is a person in the chat. Totally ap apologize about that problem. Sorry. Uh, I think the problem is the ecosystem. It's not easy for people to switch. Uh, if one, from one, it can't find the other favorites app as far as you know, just for Windows and Mac OS as well. And I think we were talking about why is there no um, more ecosystem available? And it is. It's a very hard conversation. Uh, somebody that okay, let's say this. If somebody appreciates the way Sony cameras work, um, and maybe uh, suddenly they're jumping from a Sony A7S, uh, sorry, the Sony Xperia 1 Mark III to a Samsung, they're going to notice a very different experience when it comes down to camera science. And this is very similar when we're talking about ecosystems. Uh, people that are used to using iOS devices are comfortable with them because, again, it's a familiarity, sorry, a familiarity. Blah. They're familiar with the system. I could not come and bring that out. And they go back to what they're comfortable and they, they like the way the pictures come out and they, everything kind of works out. And, and Apple is very much, um, a very much, uh, I would say, basically an ecosystem that feeds off of itself. So you get the phone with the watch, uh, the watch with the dock, the computer, the, you know, the, the home kit, all of those things feed with each other and they give you an experience. And I feel like once you're in, once you've invested enough in that ecosystem, it's hard to switch. Um, Windows Mobile had a very up, uphill battle to start with. Uh, they went through a few iterations. I mean, I started my mobile experience on uh, Windows Mobile on uh, smartphones on the MDA. It was running Windows 5.1 or 4, yeah, 4.6 or 5.1. Uh, and that was my initial experience before even going on Android. It was, it had a start menu. You click that, you can go into settings. It had a very much experience of Windows shrunken down and put on a mobile phone. And then I went over to Symbian, went over to BlackBerry OS, and then I went over to uh, Android at, uh, after that. And then I felt like Android was the system that I was comfortable with, mostly because of open source customization, uh, the Android development, and so on, and just the ability of uh, modifying and, con and configuring the system to the way I wanted it. So there's absolutely a lot of things to be said on there as well. Um, always, always appreciated concept creator, Jermaine, my friend, my buddy over <laughs> from Europe. Um, uh, I don't own it, uh, but I don't. Uh, okay, but I don't like the Pixel Five A. Altec Tech told me he, uh, <laughs> I should. So uh, it, it's okay. Uh, just wanted to be a uh, publicity. <laughs> just wanted to be publicly known. Okay, the Pixel Five A Five G is not for everybody. It's designed with a specific consumer in mind, and I think for that consumer, it fits the bill and it works perfectly. Uh, for us in the U.S., it's intended to be released as a mid-range processor, a budget for a smartphone that you can pick up from a carrier and not have to pay uh, and not have to be on a massive installment plan. And you can probably pay it off pretty quickly. Uh, I know $450 is a lot of money. I'm not saying it's cheap, but it's 
comparing to what you're getting here from other generation from pixels, there's definitely a lot to be said. And again, uh, Jermaine, and I, I, you know, like I said, you you want to use what works for you. You are a creator. You create content, and this may not be the right fit. Like I said, if your if your limitation of 4K 60 is a concern. Go for a phone that can produce it. Jump to the next level. Go to a smartphone that can produce that content. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily harp on the 4A 5G or the 5A 5G for not providing us a you know a thousand dollar experience for 450 bucks. Let's look at it for what it is. That's really what it is right there. But uh, I appreciate I appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, Team Vry saying hi to Dan. Alt uh, grounded tech as well. Uh, Aditya and I mean uh, <laughs> same uh, as uh, oh okay so. Hmm. Uh, hydration, hydration, hydration. Always want to make sure to take care of that in there. Uh, the IQ Pro. Uh, okay. Um, I don't have access to any IQ smartphones, unfortunately. So Hamid Hamid is asking me is, uh, can I review the IQ? I think is it the IQ 8 Pro uh, model? Um, I'll try to reach out to the company, but I haven't had a chance to work with them yet on the channel. Uh, Realme actually, for the most part, surprisingly, is a very late, uh, recent addition to the lineup of companies I've been able to work with, uh, with the GTB in the first, and then of course the master edition. Um, keep in mind, a lot of the phones I'm talking about today are, uh, well, devices that I've produced content on them this week, literally within a few days from now. So if you guys are looking for them, make sure you check out the channel. Um, all the content on that has been produced and posted in there. But uh, I'll definitely try it out, Hamid. Uh, Jermaine's trying to jump in with, uh, with some Dutch. Not going to talk Dutch here so people can me but so my english isn't uh your your typical dutch english uh then good okay <laughs> finn jacobson jumping in there dude i always always appreciate it uh but no uh jermaine very good very nice uh and a great great concept i love the concept that he put in there for the galaxy s20 s22 ultra um and he used the power brick uh that was sent over to me with the realme gt that little 50 watt uh, power charger that they sent me super thin because I know people are dropping them, uh, or companies are dropping their um, their chargers, which I feel like I need to make a conversation around that. It's like it's not right to, for a lot of people. Um, Todd's asking a question: Is is the Nord N10 5G or Pixel 4a? You know what? Honestly, if you're if you're in between those two, uh, the Pixel 4a will probably give you better experience when it comes down to camera. Although the N10 5G will probably be a little bit cheaper for your price point. Um, I think if I had to choose between the two, and money is no issue right now, I would probably go towards the uh, the 4a at this point. Um, again, just keep in mind uh, though that the 4a is LTE only. So if your 5G is, a, is an important thing, you could definitely check that out. Um, you can probably also start looking for maybe a 4A XL or the 4A 5G from last year for a much cheaper price. Um, ever since Google released this on Tuesday, they discontinued the sale of both the 4A, X, uh, the 4A 5G and the 5, obviously because they're no longer going to be available. So uh, something to keep in mind if you're looking into a smartphone for that form factor. But I'm assuming you're looking for smaller form factor. So yeah, for sure, the 4A, I think, is a much better deal um, just for the sheer camera performance. That's the one thing I would probably say, because a lot of us now, when we buy smartphones, especially the smartphone experience, is pretty much a tethered experience to camera experience. People want to make sure that when they're buying can take decent pictures for them. Uh, so the price point needs to match for sure. Uh, da, da, da. 
Oh, that's a good one. Okay, so Geeky Nassim is putting a couple of other ones. Okay, so what do you think between the Realme GT and the Pixel 5a without the processor difference? So if we skip the fact that one is running a 765 and one is the 888, um, I think if you take those experiences out, the camera experience is obviously still going to be pretty good on the Pixel 5 compared to what the, uh, the Realme GT is. Uh, phone difference in size, the 5 is going to be a little bit smaller. Um, RAM capabilities as far as uh, expandable storage, I think they're both in the same situation. Uh, headphone jack, I think they both don't have headphone jacks, and I don't think there was something that was a big issue. You have wireless charging, water resistance on uh, the Pixel 5 where you don't have that on the GT. Um, the other thing, what else I was kind of trying to remember? Uh, oh, the 120 hertz refresh rate is something that is more on what you would appreciate more on the Realme GT as opposed to the Pixel 5. So I'll say this. Excluding the camera, sorry, excluding the processor conversation, uh, if you're more into content creation and content consumption, um, I think, well, let's say creation. So if the cameras are a little bit more of a focus for you, I feel like the Pixel 5 will still give you a better experience. The Pixel, the uh, Realme GT can provide us slightly better experience on camera. And I know we said the processor doesn't matter, but it's still more of a camera capability based on the current version of the GT. Um, you're able to shoot much higher uh, frame rate with it, uh, if I'm not mistaken, with 8K. But if that's not an issue, then I would say gaming, uh, more media consumption, I would jump over on the Realme GT, uh, camera experience, uh, and of course, updates, and of course, just getting latest Google experience, I would say the Pixel 5, for sure. Uh, da, 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 da. Oops, I think I jumped it on. Uh, da, da, da. TK, what do you think about, okay, Jimmy Fire Dragon, sorry, concept. Uh, I, I, oh, here it is. Uh, Okay, so Calvin, um, Calvin um, Loy, I hope I'm saying that correctly, assuming both the 4A 5G and the 5A are the same price, which one would you recommend? Uh, if we had to go with them, uh, the 4A 5G and the 5A, now the 4A 5G and the 5A are roughly about the same price. Um, so the, the difference between them is basically 50 bucks, but for all intents and purposes, they're very much the same. I would still go with the 5A, uh, not because of the price concern, but because you get a 4,680 milliampere battery, a much bigger, almost a thousand milliampere more, but 800, uh, actually I take that back. It was 38 to the 46. So we're talking about 800 more milliampere, which could help definitely uh, with the same processor. So you're just getting more battery. You're also getting a slightly bigger display. You're getting the IP68, uh, the, sorry, the IP67 water and dust resistance so there's no question for me if price is not an issue the 5a is a better phone and it is for all intents and purposes an upgrade from what you got last year i think the ip rating for once uh, is a big uh, benefit here remember guys this still has a headphone jack so with the headphone jack you're still getting a much better experience as well uh hopefully that answered that question calvin and let me see here uh da, da, da. do you think google will return do you think Google will go back to using Huawei? Um, I think in the current situation, until something gets worked out and maybe some time has passed, uh, I think that 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 collaboration, unfortunately, will not likely happen for some time. Uh, the last time they used them was during the Nexus phase, and that was a while back. And then since then, there hasn't been a collaboration uh, on any of the pixels before the ban and all of that stuff that happened with Huawei. So I think overall, the experience, uh, for the most part, yeah, I think Google now fully vested in becoming their own SoC manufacturers and their own device maker. They're not going to be much of where they're going to be working with, hopefully, as much uh, with other parties. seems like Samsung's pretty much the one company that they're working with right now. Um, not only on their Android Wear or on the Wear 3.0, but also on their uh, on the new, uh, you know, the new SOC, the Whitechapel SOC. Let me see here. Oops. Da, 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 da. 
Yes, hydrate, hydrate. Dude, uh, I, I totally, it's it's one of those, I forget. I forget. Um, I get excited with the conversations because they're so dynamic and, and it's definitely very, very nice. So let's jump in there real quick. Jimmy Fire Dragon had a quick question for us as well. Um, what do you think about Google uh, confirming that they will be removing the charger in the box with the Pixel 6 and 6 Pro? Um, so that the 5A was the officially the last device to include a charger. It's an 18 watt charger uh, from Google. Um, this is something that's been bothering me as, as time goes on. And, and as we re as we check out more devices and we're seeing more devices, um, don't get me wrong. The, the headphone jack was also another issue that I that I dealt with. But I but at the end of the day, we also still have now devices, you know, again, insert Xperia device in here. Um, hey, ROG conversation still in there as well. Um, I think the charger in the box is a it's a it's more of a um you know usability function, right? It's you know the headphone jack is an extra feature because you you, you get to listen to music with it. But some companies have basically gone the route of including USB-C charger, uh, sorry, headphones. So you're not necessarily missing out on that. Taking the charger out of the box, out of a thousand dollar plus smartphone, and I'm not talking about Google right now specifically, but I'm just saying in general, Samsung, Apple, and all of this started with Apple, um, and in, and 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 using the 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 conversation of we're trying to be more ecologically friendly, we're trying to be more eco friendly. Um, I take the I take the conversation and I totally agree with the fact that we need to be more responsible for our ecological waste, especially e waste. Uh, and the fact that the matter is, I am not going to deny the fact that I have a lot of chargers, but I am not your average user. I have access, and you know, thankfully, I'm able to basically check out a lot of devices, and I typically will have chargers around. But you have to keep in mind, a person that's buying a brand new Pixel 6 and Pixel 6 Pro, uh, depending on whatever tech charging technology they're going to be used, is probably not going to be something based on heritage technology, meaning they're not going to be using what came with the Pixel 4a 5G. They're not going to be using what came with the Pixel 5, the Pixel 4 XL. It's probably going to be a new charger. And Samsung's doing the exact same situation. Samsung took out their chargers from their expensive. The Fold and the Flip do not come with chargers. Uh, the Galaxy S21 Ultra did not come with a charger. It pretty much is a box with a phone in it. Um, it's a problem of, of, of usability. You're giving me or you're selling me a phone that I have to buy a charger from you separately. You're using the excuse of saying that you're you're not you're doing this for the ecosystem. But the reality of the matter is, unless I unless you've been doing this for some time where your current technology charger has been in boxes for many years and have been a big loyal fan of, let's say, Samsung slash Apple or whatever, I'm not going to have that charger. The new charger that comes with the uh, the new iPhones is a USB-C charger. Most people that have all of these extra chargers are not USB-C chargers because they that wasn't a thing. Um, iPad users had that. Samsung is exactly in the same situation. Now, they did use the same tech from last year, but they dropped the speed of the charging port to 25 watt. It's something that really kind of irks me that Realme can include a, a charger in the box. Oppo, OnePlus, um, you know, uh, in, insert any other manufacturers. They are including chargers in the box. Now, if you want to be more, I would say, basically um, mindful of the ecological impact of having chargers in there, I totally agree that you should have the option of not including it, meaning... Xiaomi did this when they first released the, uh, the Mi 11 at the beginning of the year. In China, they'd included the option, or at least, at least and, uh, when they were buying the phone, you had the ability of selecting a model of the phone with and or without the charger. That was something you as a buyer, and there was no extra charge to include the charger. That's something that we should have and should give people the opportunity to do so. I think, yes, it creates an extra queue because now they're having to carry boxes that include and one that don't. 
you could just have chargers available uh, as part of a combo, meaning still have that extra box, but for people that don't want it, don't include it. Or do exactly what Jermaine did with the, with the concept, use slimmer chargers, things that can still fit in the box so you can fit more phones in, in shipping containers as opposed to having a basically uh, loose space because of the charger in the box. And I feel like it's really, that's where the conversation. So long story short, long story long, as, as Juan Carlos would say, selling a phone with a fast, with, with advertised super fast charging speeds, insert XYZ, 100 watts, 120 watts, 65 watts, 50 watts, all of those things require a charger. And if I have to buy a separate charger just to be able to use that feature that you're telling me that is included in my phone, you're doing yourself a disservice. You're creating an issue for consumers that now have to pay whatever the price is. Again, um, the Fold is $1,799, does not include a charger. But again, if I don't have the 25-watt charger, I would have had to go pay another 35 to 40 bucks. Um, some people will say, well, if you pre-ordered, you can get credits, you can get the charger for free. Yes, I agree with you. Pre-orders is a very short window of time. The reality is when people buy the phone later from a retail store, they're paying extra and they're not saving the environment because now you're buying a charger in a box that comes separate from the original box. So now you have two boxes that you're being uh, you're having to charge. They're having to ship another container of boxes that contains chargers alone and then still ship phones without chargers. So you're really it's like you're going for the frontier experience for airline. You get the really cheap experience, uh, price and everything you want is extra. I, I don't like that. I don't like piecemealing an experience to a smartphone. If you feature a very fast charger at the, or if you talk about your fast charging on the at the launch event, you better have the charger in the box to give me that experience when I pay 1700 bucks, when I pay $1,000. It makes no sense to have, uh, you know, make me go buy a charger. And the reality uh, at this point, it's... Um, Spigen, Anchor, and all other companies that make, or in Zero Lemon, that make chargers, that's where they're going to benefit. That's really what they're doing. They're offloading that tech. Um, okay, so here, this is a good question. Uh, actually, hold on. Um, Antonis says, actually, is uh, Realme GT or Master Edition variant? Um, I would say probably if you're looking for, hmm, that's a good question, actually. Uh, the GT is still technically the best spec one between between all of the all the different versions that you're looking for. And if you're looking for one specifically with that orange and black stripe, that GT, the racing experience, I think the GT still wins. The Master Edition is slightly. Um, think of them as this: the Master Edition is intended to give you more options to pick from. Now, uh, one of them obviously is running the Snapdragon 870. The other one's running a Dimensity chipset. So you're looking at a slightly different experience as well. So I would say tailor it to the experience that you're looking for. The GT by far is i think the more unique looking although not the biggest phone it's actually smaller than the uh, like the explorer edition for sure uh, so it, it really kind of bends into what you're looking for they're all going to give you a really good experience they're running the same ui realme 2.0 uh, on top of android 11 so those are some of the new features although i also will say that um the master edition should be supporting pc connect that the gt does not support the standard gt edition so hopefully that helped um uh, Vi, uh, Vibuff, hopefully I'm saying that correctly, uh, and I do apologize if I did not. Uh, he's asking, "Is did you try the OnePlus Nord 2? Yes, I am trying the OnePlus Nord 2. I'm trying to, I finally have some time to spend on this, uh, and I'm actually going to be doing some content for that next week. Um, by far, I feel like one of the interesting approaches to OnePlus Nord, it's a different experience, and I do want to say I noticed that the display behind me turned off. It's a different experience of what we've been used to seeing before. This is the first 
collaboration between ColorOS and OnePlus and Oxygen OS as far as the co-development of the software here. Um, we've seen documents uh, as well as articles talking about the fact that Oxygen OS is becoming more of a skin on top of ColorOS, and it's not a bad experience. It truly is a very good speed. I mean, ColorOS is very nice. It's uh, what has been what what they went through with um, ColorOS 11, and then hopefully what will happen with ColorOS 12 if that they, that's what they end up going with the name. Uh, they're definitely not losing anything by doing so. All they're doing is they're benefiting from the and uh, the supporting uh, the support team as well as the ability hopefully to push out more updates and sooner. Uh, but yes, uh, I like it, and it's a very good phone. If you're able to get one, the North 2 is very, very, uh, a very good concept. Well, not concept, a very good phone to get. The Dimensity 1200 AI uh, was specifically designed for this device between MediaTek and OnePlus, and it's been doing, it's been running like a champ. It's literally somewhere between, um, let's say, like an 855 and 865 experience, what when you get usually from a Qualcomm uh, chipset. Let me see here real quick. Oops. Uh, let me see. I think I missed something. Okay, totally. <laughs> it doesn't help the environment at all. No, and that. So yeah, uh, it it is a very, um, it's a very weird conversation to have, and to see them stand up and saw and say that now. I, I, I sorry. So that kind of takes me back to do I how do I feel about Google removing it? Um, it really ends up becoming really uh, more about what did Google, what type of technology Google's using. If Google uses the exact same charging tech that we've seen with, let's say, the Pixel 5a or the Pixel 4a, the Pixel 3a, all of those chargers that we've seen, the 18-watt chargers that typically Google uses, I really don't see as much of it. I think there will be more chances of company uh, you having a charger, but I still think you should include it. I think you should give us an option to have a package that includes the charger or include the charger for free if I choose so as you're checking out. Meaning, let's say I'm ordering the Pixel 6 or 6 Pro. Put in the price, insert price tag. Again, we don't have the pricing yet, but let's say the price is 800 bucks. As I'm going through the checkout, it says, would you like a charger? In the, would you like a charger for this device? And you check the box and it's added and it's part of the, of the cost. At the end of the day, it'll ship for the exact same price. More than likely, will fit in the same box because typically uh, Google and I think unless Google, Apple, and as well as Samsung, shipping shipping packages are always spacious enough to include another small box. And you could totally functionally just explain if you choose not to have an extra charger because you do have a box of chargers sitting at home and you don't really worry about it, then you do end up having that selection. I think that's a good way for us to transition. They're doing that cold turkey where you rip the Band-Aid off and you just remove it and not give us an option. So it's a conversation that needs to be had. But at the end of the day, the consumer is the one who's paying more for it. Uh, if those are all of the options, everybody's following Apple for some reason, as if that's the the answer to all of our problems. It, it's not. It's not. It's a confusing uh, part. Even I, um, iOS users felt weird when they got a phone without a charger in the box because for, you know, they don't watch tech YouTubers. They're not sitting on YouTube and watching us listening to the uh, to the conversation being had. They literally just it was up for refresh uh, or uh, you know upgrade. They went into the store and the person at the store decided not to tell them that there's no charger in the box and that they need to pay an extra one. Uh, so it is a conversation to be had, and I don't think it's uh, it is a facade um, for the most part. I think we need to kind of revert back or at least give us better options. Uh, Earl Owens, hey man, hope you're doing well. Um, Samsung laptops, TVs, refrigerators, washers, dryers all come with uh, with a plug uh, where uh, where where it, where it is the eco where is the econ uh, the economical savings there, guys. Seriously, 
my Tesla, I realize it's super expensive. It's not exactly a cheap experience, but even the Tesla comes with a home charger and that's included. It's inside of the car. It's a small, it's a slow charger. I can't call it a fast charger, but it is a charger that if I ever do need to charge my car at home, it does add up to five miles an hour and I could put it overnight and maybe get another 50, 60 miles. If I'm doing like light driving in town, realistically, that charger actually can do the job and you don't even have to buy extra chargers. So those are things you have to kind of understand. It's not the right move because you're doing it for the wrong reason. It truly is asking us to buy, uh, pay more for a charger uh, or buy a charger from another company. I think that's probably what this is going to end up being. And it's going to force the technology that every company keeps using as their standard charging tech to become more unified. Now, maybe that's going to be a solution that could be a good silver lining for us to all have similar technologies across devices. And we don't really need to worry about chargers like one brick will work with everything. Uh, I think that will say that that was one of the biggest surprises with the OnePlus 9 Pro this year. The charger that they released with it, the 65 watt charger, uh, is actually a PD 40 watt charger. So you're able to use that to charge up your Samsung devices, your Pixel devices, without having to switch devices. So I can plug the same cable, the same brick to OnePlus 9 Pro, to the S20 Ultra, S21 Ultra, as well as the Pixel 5, and still charge fast on all three of these devices. So maybe that's a better solution. We'll have to see there. Uh, oh man, dude, definitely. Aditya with the beautiful, beautiful comment here. Thank you very much. Folks, if you are enjoying the stream, um, do hit that like button, help, help the video and the channel perform better and feed the algorithm gods. Not that I want to copy uh, Philip DeFranco, but yes, hit that like button, smash that bell so that you can feed the algorithm gods and uh, get it, hopefully get, 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 get the coverage that we're hoping to get and, and reach more people, of course, and uh, grow our family here on the channel. Uh, so here, Chemi's coming back with a, also a question. So I can say that not having a real standard, uh, having uh, having old chargers doesn't help because these different technologies give different uh, experiences. Do, uh, do uh, sorry, do uh, so if I have three chargers from Honor, uh, 10 and LG, and phones and other devices, and exactly yes, everybody's doing their proprietary tech. Uh, but I can I think Apple's original um, original argument was you probably have an iPhone charger at home that you could use. What they didn't say was we're including a USB-C to lightning cable with the with the brand new iPhone 12s and no charger prior to the, uh, I think it was at the, um, uh, oh man, what is it called? The, the iPad Pro from last year didn't include a USB-C charger. So the little bricks that we, most of us probably had don't have a USB-C cable. They used to have USB-A and now they're starting to release and sell the USB-C ones. So that's really where I felt like it was a kind of a double a couple, double standard saying you probably have a charger, but not continuing sentences. You probably have the wrong charger at home. So you have to buy the new one. That's how the statement should have been. But we'll have to see how, how, how that goes. I think everybody's copying um, Apple for the sake of copying Apple. It's, it's not the right page to copy from the book. Let's just say that. Um, yeah, so here, uh, Jimmy Fire Dragon, some of the concepts, some of the information going on is they're moving from 18 watts to 33 watts. So pretty much nobody has a charger from Google that supports the 33 watt. Now, if they stick to PD, so power delivery uh, type of tech, it pretty much means that the charger that I have right now for my OnePlus 9 Pro will work exactly the same and it'll charge it at the 33 watts. But it's something to keep that in mind. Again, it's, it's just fundamental issue. You're selling me a device that runs on battery power, right? You're giving me the cable for it, but you're not giving me the brick. It 
I don't know how you're able, you're able to make that conversation sound like you're benefiting the, the environment when I'm still going to have to go buy that charger separately. And now I'm buying, I'm paying for shipping separately. I'm paying for a box that now is excluded from there. So extra material, manufacturing, production, all of the, all of the things that need to go to produce a separate container for that little charger are being taxed for something that wasn't included originally. And that's really where the conversation kind of gets me. How is that reducing our carbon footprint? How is that helping the economy, uh, the, the ecology? Uh, economy obviously is making money. They're selling them. But yeah, for sure. Uh, let me hear. Uh, about the new cable. Okay. Oops. Did I hit the wrong one? I think that was Finn Jacobs. So here, uh, Finn, I'll jump into you real quick after that. Um, Jermaine says, um, on the comment about the new cable, um, in my store, I have to keep I have to keep saying this. People are um, annoyed. And I, st <laughs> I, I stated I'll keep selling those uh, those brick because of it, of course. Uh, and you and you sell the phone with uh, <laughs> with with the charger, by the way. Yes, that's how you're supposed to. Uh, the, ca the cable was the biggest thing that kind of surprised me where Apple literally like Tim Cook stood up and made that statement. And, and, and I felt like or at least. I felt like you you really had to have an interesting approach to not saying the whole statement and making it sound like it's a feature, right? I just, for me, look, I don't want to have a thousand chargers. I agree. But if I was upgrading once every two years, once every three years on a smartphone, more than likely when I'm buying that new phone, that's going to be an extra slightly bad taste in my mouth when it comes out because of the situation. Now I'm having to pay an extra 30, 25 to 30 bucks for a charger that I did not have to pay for, for the last phone. And it looks like it's a trend. Uh, and we keep getting better tech for charging and of course, better bricks, but you have to buy them. Um, it's even harder. So that, that was really my, my main thing. I agree. I totally agree. You have to explain it. And if you are working in any kind of a, in a retail experience where you're able to help people make decisions on smartphones, these are these are things that you need to have. Uh, you need to really explain. You can't just sell them the phone and say, "Congratulations, make sure you get a case, make sure you get a screen protector," but then forget to mention that you need a charger. Uh, but again, thousand dollars plus now, it seems like it's a story. I'm hoping not having the charger is meaning that the Pixel Six Pro will, will be over a thousand. I'm really hoping Google keeps it between the seven to nine hundred dollars experience uh, for the six and the six Pro because I feel like the the four A five G or the five A five G is at the rice price point about five. So $699 for the 6 and maybe $799 to $899 for the Pro, that still could be a very good story for Google, especially with the Tensor chipset, the brand new SoC. And they're hopefully going to deliver on the five years worth of updates on that one. Uh, Finn, Finn Jacobs was jumping in. Even uh, even if it's one sta standard charging technology in the industry, I think OnePlus slash Opal slash Realme's charging technology is the best, uh, both wired and wireless. I think for absolutely, um, Asus learned from them finally when they did the battery on the, uh, the brand new ROG Phone 5s where they went with the split technology. I think we've been enjoying, and I'll say this personally, um, the Find X3 Pro, the OnePlus 9 Pro, both go literally from zero to 100% in about 30 to 32 to 33 minutes, and that's because of the technology that they're using. OnePlus, uh, the uh, I'll take that back. And the ROG Phone 5 here, uh, sorry, the uh, the Insider's phone from uh, from uh, Qualcomm as well as ASUS benefits from the quick charge 5.0 technology that adds up to 65 watts. And again, same thing, split battery, you get that technology, um, and they have approached it in a very uh, pragmatic process you're charging two smaller batteries uh, at a faster uh, at a very fast uh, pace but you're not really taxing the system the same way and it makes it so that it is very nice to have and if you are talking about wireless again 50 watts on the uh, 9 pro 30 watts on the find x3 pro 
those are things that now become more real, reliable. You're out, you're about, you charge your phone when you need it, and you go and you just do the job. Uh, so I, I agree. I think it's very, very nice. Um, real, real quick break for hydration. Oh, man. Uh, grounded tech says, um, no, I haven't, uh, no, uh, he's responding back to Dominic. Uh, not sure if I'm having, uh, having as well. Well, see, so just wanted to try to see, uh, oh, okay. We'll see. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, Dan from grounded tech has been in recovery for the last few days. So we're all wishing him well. Um, and you can't wait for him to go back home hopefully tomorrow. Uh, so that'll be really, really nice. Um, Ankit's asking a quick question. Which one should uh, should we choose between the Realme GT, the Snapdragon 888, and the GT Explorer Edition with the Snapdragon 870? If we went, uh, if we want a decent camera and decent processor, will the Snapdragon 870 be enough for all uh, for all the work? Absolutely. The okay, there there is a fundamental difference between the 870 and the 888, and I, I do agree having that third ISP for the camera processor, the image uh, the image processing system. Uh, the the ISPs are going to be big factors, but I don't think that it's going to be big enough for us to notice the difference between the 888 and the 870. Uh, 5G connectivity on both of them are going to be very good. You're probably going to get better thermals on the 870 than it is on the 888, as the 888 runs typically a little bit hotter. Uh, refresh rate, display technology, all of that is pretty much the same. Battery charging technology is very similar. So you're not really missing out a lot between the two. Um, I would say this. Um, if you're if you if you're going with a smartphone, you're wanting to pick between one or the other. Um, the 870 and the 888 are going to give you very similar experience. They were released very close to each other. Uh, they're giving you a slightly different experience. One going with a 50 megapixel sensor as opposed to the 64 megapixel sensor. Images and Realme UI science is going to be very similar. They're using the same camera app. They're going to be updated very similarly. I really don't think that there's going to be a big difference. Uh, you could also use the Pocket, if I'm not mistaken. The, uh, the the GT kind of uh, at least for us it seemed like it was selling for a little bit less uh, than the uh, Realme uh, Explorer Master Edition, but then you get some of those extra benefits there. I think the cameras are very decent on both, so it's a hard sell to say one over the other. I think you really have to make a decision as to uh, do you want a larger display, all the bangs you know bells and whistles of the 870, or do you want to go with a slightly smaller display with the 888, but you're still very pretty for the most part getting a similar experience. Uh, again, remember, this is a Realme GT, so the experience still has a core message. Um, it's just certain limitations where you're going to be able to get better slightly with the 888 um, because it's the, the fastest processor, but it's not noticeable. Daily usage, camera experience, for the most part, you're not going to notice. I think you're going to be happy with both. Hopefully that makes sense. Uh, let me jump in real quick, Dan. Uh, oh, Dang it, it did it again. Uh, let me see here. Where are my concept creators? Dan, it's very good indeed, Jermaine. Okay, for good. Grounded tech, concept, and definitely dynamic. Uh, oh, definitely Dominic. Sorry, hold on, going in there. And uh, of course, we have Finn, J J Finn Jacobs as well in there. Um, so yeah, for the, for, for the biggest thing, I think when we were looking at it, um, actually, there was another thing that I've wanted to ask people and wanted to actually just talk about it specifically. Uh, I'm starting to see more wireless buds feature. So one thing to say this, sorry, uh, wireless buds as in general are getting better. That's just the fact. Um, the Snapdragon sound here that we're looking at uh, feature, again, 24-bit, 96 kilohertz audio. That is something that we typically don't get from wireless buds. Obviously, you have to have technology or, sorry, the right music uh, library and connection to service to be able to obviously get that type of experience. You're not going to get it with any kind of buds. Um, that's one thing that I really appreciate what Snapdragon Sound is doing. It's moving our audio experience to the future. 
But there's one thing that I'm okay. I'm I'm still a little bit kind of like this. I feel like there's two camps of wireless buds. There are wireless buds that feature touch sensitive uh, experiences. So you tap, double tap, triple tap, swipe, and do all of that good stuff. Uh, Pixel buds last year had the swipe to be able to change volume rocker. Uh, you had the ability of using uh, some swipe gestures with uh, Samsung buds and so on. But then there are another camp. These buds feature, uh, although they're very nice, they feature a button. So hopefully, let me see. If I can get you guys right there. That little button. Okay, wow, that is actually really good focusing, guys. Look at this. So here, there's a button configuration here on the uh, Master Dynamic Buds from uh, the one that come with the, the ROG Phone Five. Um, keep in mind when people look at the at the price point of the uh, the fourteen hundred or fifteen hundred dollars for the uh, Insider smartphone, you're getting a three hundred and fifty dollar pair of earbuds included in that package. It's not that you're buying uh, the fast charger or you're buying uh, the headphones separately. You're getting sixteen gigs of internal uh, of RAM, one hundred five hundred twelve gigs of internal storage, great cameras, and a really nice pair of earbuds that come in the package is entirety and that's where it gets into 15. so a lot of people were like well the phone's 1500 well yes but the phone also comes with a lot of nice perks in the box um what i was trying to shoot for is i'd like to hear from you guys let me know what you guys think realistically do you prefer touch sensitive earbuds and i'm talking about wireless earbuds or do you prefer the clicky the button functionality and i'm starting to see more of them uh the amazfit did the exact same thing uh, great buds, but they actually have, let me see if I can get this right here. So you see it right there. There's like a little button on the side. You have to actually click the button to get the gestures to go. So you end up having to grab it from the stem, click it and do the the, the pressure there as opposed to doing the taps. So are you, are you, do you prefer clicks or do you prefer taps more on your true wireless buds? And I'd love to know what you guys uh, hear there, what you guys think about those as well. Uh, Videos, I think the five A, the sorry, let me jump one step back. Um, yes, for the for the for for the for the money, the Pixel five A is a great phone and it offers a lot of great stuff. I'm with you. Uh, concept creators, so Jermaine says I prefer Wired. Wired does that, <laughs> but so yes, obviously Wired. It's one of those solutions. I'm not trying to. Um, I'm not trying to compare wired to wireless. Wired will always be better. There's no question that there is, uh, with the improvements of the Snapdragon sound, is just trying to get as closer to what wired does. Uh, a quad DAC supported or a DAC supported headphone jack on any smartphone will beat a wireless experience hands down. Uh, but I'm trying to say basically to a certain point, I think we've all at some point or another now that wireless or true wireless earbuds are available so readily. Uh, for, from what you've used and what you've had in the past, have you had experience with both the either button configuration where you actually have to click a button on the earpiece or do you prefer touch? Um, uh, okay, so Dan says, I still haven't tried um, a, a set of earbuds, hoping to try them follow in the next year. Good, good to know. Uh, Alt that Tech says, I still prefer touch. That's, I, I actually kind of, I'm a little bit more, uh, I have my personal preference uh, with them as well. Um, a DTS sub, uh, buttons all the way TK. Uh, the, the tactile feedback is much more satisfying. And that's one thing to keep in mind. You're right. You have much more of a tactile feeling knowing exactly how many clicks did you do as opposed to did I tap on the right spot multiple times? And that's something that we've seen in the past. So I, I thank you very much, Aditi, on that one as well. Uh, I have... Uh, I hate... <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, sir. Uh, let me see here. Uh, I think I jumped too many times. Uh, Chemi says touch. Uh, Ahmed says touch as well. Uh, Dominic one concept creators. Me too. I think. Let me double check here. I hate <laughs> treating my head like a like a bum. 
<laughs> like, Bop it, swipe it. No, I'm just kidding. It, it is, it is for sure. Um, I have the Galaxy Buds Plus, and I think I like the touch, uh, the touch sensor uh, more than the buttons um, you click. And it depends really. Don't get me wrong. The touch sensitivity uh, functions, if done correctly, can work absolutely great. Um, we've had, depending on the price point that you're going, you know, like a fifty dollar to a hundred dollars to one hundred and fifty to three hundred, depending on what you're getting, you're definitely going to get a different experience. Um, I'm going to say this: within the recent few devices, like specifically Snapdragon Sound, Amazfit, um, I can't talk about a certain thing, which we'll talk, hopefully we'll talk about a little bit more. Uh, you know, devices like this, the P3 from Soundcore, and we've seen other uh, buds on the market. I'm actually starting to feel. Uh, I feel like the 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 convenience of the push button. Sorry, uh, the convenient for more convenient of an experience. Touch sensitivity for me works because I think, like I said, I put my finger here, touch, try it. You get better as time goes on. You get better, especially with the swipe gestures with the Pixel Buds from last year. Um, I'm actually starting to grow a little bit more fond of the button configuration, and that's because I take the buds, I put them in my ear, and then if I want to change something, literally, I hold it, click it, done. Want to do double? Double. Done. I know where the button is. I know if I'm touching it. I know if I'm, I, I have less likeliness of missing that uh, that touch uh, or that configuration. Um, but I agree. I think both are good. Uh, but I'm starting to see that some companies are going away from that. Again, Master Dynamics, $300 pair of buds that you can pick up directly. They're going with buttons. Uh, Amazfit, about $150 pair of buds. Again, going with buttons. Um, so there may be a slight change in the market coming up soon. And I think it's more about consistency and better experience, maybe because they just couldn't put in a good enough sensor at the time. But I feel like, again, it depends on what you're getting. Uh, let me see here. Earl Owens, I like to touch ones better. I, I'm totally with you on that one. Um, I haven't been using buttons, uh, button ones yet, honestly. So um, hard to say what I prefer. It, it was it was a big change for me. Uh, the big thing that I think first hit me when I started using the Amazfits one, um, because I was using them as you guys know, and we were on the trip and we we did the live streams from uh, from when we were out on the uh, out and about. Um, it was the fact that I I knew when I was clicking it, I felt the click, I hear the click. There's that some a part of that is a satisfying knowing of what I just did. Um, now I don't like I don't like having and I'll say this realistically come out also I don't like having this and then having to do one two three you know what I mean like you're doing do, 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 as opposed to doing I feel like this is easier but I know on these that I've made the collect the click and I feel it and I hear it in my ear because that's because it's so close to your ear um, it doesn't actually make a sound through the earbuds it's actually just the fact of clicking the button so close to your ears so we'll have to see. Um, of course, we have also uh, bone conduction options that use touch sensitivity as opposed to clicking. So there's also those. Uh, but I was always wondering, like I felt like it was a it was a solution, or it's a it's an option being pushed more, and I wasn't sure it was because users just didn't like the touch or they prefer the buttons. So we'll have to see. Uh, Finn, uh, <laughs> sorry, I kept putting buds in my ear and I was activating my phone. Finn hears. Um, even if I prefer touch sensor, control my my, uh, my music uh, mostly through the smartwatch. It's easier even as, you know, actually, that's a very true statement. You're right. Um, if you use smartwatches like uh, Android Wear, Apple Watch, anything that uses uh, Bluetooth connectivity and gives you control over your music player, um, yeah, I, I definitely tend to go back to my smartwatch. So this is the TicWatch 3 Pro. Uh, you can raise the volume, skip track, go backtrack. You can look at the library. There's a lot more to do. It's like a mini player to control. 
Um, but with the with the clicks and the buttons, I was mostly referring to uh, because you know we don't have the ability of gesturing or at least using the um, OK command to launch. Not every pair of buds allows you. I think the Pixel Buds uh, A series as well as the Pixel Buds from last year, and I think Sony allows you to have that as an on or hot word turn on. Uh, others require you to do the tap and hold or the press and hold or triple tap, depending on what you want to do. So those things always become more functional. Smartwatches, I feel like you know I'm glad that Android. Wear is not going away, um, but I I want to start seeing more Android Wear solutions from other manufacturers other than Samsung. And I say that because although we were all hoping for a Android Wear experience um, from Samsung, and what we really got was Android Wear being the bot the, the base of the experience, but it pretty much is a Tizen experience through and through. So the Galaxy Watch 4 pretty much runs very similarly to the Galaxy Watch 3. As an end user, you would not know you're using um, Android Wear because Samsung's, uh, from what at least I've seen, you need to use all Samsung applications anyways. You're not using the Android Wear app to uh, to configure the uh, brand new uh, Galaxy Watch 4. So yeah, there's just things to be said there. And by that thing, I mean smartwatch control is always the best. Let me see what else we have here. Uh, I don't. I don't have any uh, <laughs> bitters for my Sennheiser, so I'm gonna. Ju I'm just. <laughs> I'm gonna uh, bust them out soon. Very, very much. Um, oh, Simon says no. I think you were. Uh, I didn't think. Okay, so I didn't catch it. If uh, if I do get a chance to catch it on Twitter, I'll definitely retweet that for you. So hopefully we can get you somebody to pick the, pick those guys up from you. Uh, David jumped back here. Um, I have not been able to get uh, to get. <laughs> to get used to buds. Um, they just feel like uh, they are going to fall out of my ears uh, and the sound quality isn't as good as earbud or headphones at this point. Uh, I agree. Uh, audio quality, there's no question. Um, a Helm Bolt will definitely, with a with a decent pair of uh, head, uh, earbuds, uh, wired earbuds are definitely going to be better than way anything else that you can potentially even get when it comes to wireless. Um, I'll say that in-ear experiences or in-ear technology when it comes to true wireless is facing a certain problem. The problem is most manufacturers release or sell you a, a, a wireless earbuds with three tips, right? You have the standard, the small, and then the large. Uh, but believe it or not, not everybody can actually use those tips, even though that these are the more common, the more popular options. So there is still some challenges. Um, wireless earbuds or wireless headphones, I feel like do perform a little bit better. Like the Q35s from Soundcord, they were great sounding ear, uh, headphones. They're based on Bluetooth, but you still had that over the ear. You had the nice uh, noise isolation and you had really good audio coming out at the end. And you enjoyed it a lot more from there. So hopefully that makes sense. I'm, I'm with you on that one. Uh, the Momentum True Wireless 2, for sure. Yes, definitely. Uh, previous comment, Aditya. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chifi uh, Chifi makes uh, many Bluetooth adapters as well. Uh, they do, there are so there are options that you're able to use where you plug in an, ad, an adapter through a 3.5 millimeter headphone jack and convert that over to Bluetooth. But it, there is still some fidelity concerns, uh, especially where the audio source is coming. So for sure. Um, I have them on Facebook Marketplace. Uh, uh, part of my uh, part of me wants to keep them as well as I got them for half price, uh, yeah, for sure. But I would probably uh, I don't know if you have it on. Just do me a favor and hit me up on um, on on Twitter if you just post it there. I'll definitely give you a reshare there for for sure. Um, <laughs> NJ saying, "Hey, how are you doing? Hope you're doing well." Um, so you know, with that being said, I, I think we're kind of reaching that certain magic moment. I would say. Um, so. 
this is the time where probably if you guys haven't seen that yet, we'd like to go ahead and do uh, the uh, TKception. Uh, this is something that we do on the live stream that is a somewhat of a unique visual effect. But the point is, obviously, it helps us to kind of recap what's been going on and what we talked about on the stream. So first and foremost, I'll say that for right now, having the ability of jumping between both the E10 and the uh, the A7S 3 uh, although I still think the A7S 3 performs much better hardware, and I think it has a big factor, the fact is that we're losing much better glass on it, um, is definitely a big factor there. Uh, video out and for an hour and a half consistently running on the E10, no problem at all. Uh, I'm running power on via USB-C and then, of course, using the micro HDMI, uh, Sony's micro... HDMI cable to to get video out. And it seems like it's a champ. Uh, it truly is a champ. So if you're thinking about starting and you want to use something, just keep in mind, this is very much what you could expect in a controlled environment, obviously. So this could definitely change outside. Uh, but with that being said, please drop me those TKception comments as you're seeing right there. Uh, Geeky Nassim kicked us off on the right path. Uh, but this week has been an interesting week. It was a very busy week from production, a lot of content coming up. We're hitting a lot of uh, maybe a second wave of 2021 with devices, and we're starting to see more phones coming in. Um, I'm hoping to focus a little bit more also on content. I have a surprise video coming up on Monday for you guys um, that talks about something that we covered during this live stream today. So that's one of the reasons why I kind of brought up the subjects today as we were covering them. Uh, but with that being said, I want to say thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, the Pixel 4a 5G, a an amazing, amazing device for 450 bucks that will definitely meet and exceed your expectation if you're looking for a budget smartphone in 2021. Uh, the Realme GT Master Explorer Edition, um, again, although it's not running the 888, I still feel like it's a very compelling offering from Realme, an approach to smartphones using the best of what we got in 2020 uh, with the updated version for 2021 and providing us great uh, experiences, great camera experiences, a solid performer when it comes down to overall, just um, again, the 870 is no slouch. And then rounding us off at the end of the Snapdragon Insider smartphone. Now, I didn't do a full deep dive camera experience on this. There's an update that uh, Qualcomm mentioned to me, and they said that that's going to be coming up closer to public release, meaning by the time people are able to actually start getting their units, that that software update is going to be pushed. That's going to actually improve the camera experience much better. So um, I held off on my camera experience on that so that I will share that with you guys, hopefully when that comes up in, in beginning of September. Uh, and of course, some updates, of course, uh, on the Snapdragon sound that I'd love to be able to cover for you guys. Uh, the E10, we'll definitely put some more content on that and maybe do some impression video on it next week with a full review uh, in about a couple of weeks after that. But I'm so far, seriously, for the small size that this thing is offering, uh, it really makes for a compelling story saying that, you know, if you want to go for something like this as opposed to the RX7 uh, 100, uh, because I don't think those are being made as much as far as I know. I don't think there's any new ones. But let's go ahead and switch over to our TKception. I'm going to bring it over on this side. Uh, let me see here. I think I, I want to say Geeky Nassim got us. Yep. The Geeky Nassim got us first. So we're going to go share. We're going to go screen and we're going to go boom. And now, yeah, right there. Thank you very much to Geeky Nassim. Appreciate it, everybody. Hashtag TKception. Simon says Hypno, as always. Thank you very much. Team Pixel. Uh, rest in peace, OnlyFans. I didn't even want to touch that one with a 10 foot pole. Yeah. The conversation there is definitely very interesting going on and developing, of course. Aditya, as always, uh, Dominic Juan, thank you very much. Chemi Torres, TK, uh, TK Mi Amigo, uh, gracias, uh, TKception, TKR Bay, uh, Dan, uh, Ground Attack, welcome back. Can't wait to see you back on uh, just kicking it and having fun and playing video games. Uh, remember, uh, Battleground, 
you and I, we're going to definitely play some games. And um, Mr. Benedict, uh, Mr. Aditya Neal, the Benedict Cumberbatch of our channel, the main, uh, the big man, the moderator, TKception, TKR Bay, Super Saiyan Bay, as always, Goku for the win. Uh, TK triple camera setup, it, it pretty much. Uh, and of course, TK Tesla Bay. Uh, I have been working on a video for accessories on the Tesla for some time. I installed uh, a swivel display. So now my display in the Tesla swivels to me as well as the drive, uh, the passenger. So we have a much more personal, better experience on that. So I can't wait to share with you guys uh, how that works. Earl Owens, TKception, TK Pixel, uh, and of course, the Pixel 5a 5G. Uh, uh, bring uh, bringing power bricks back. That's what we need to do. We need to bring those and make sure to include those. Uh, Finn Jacobs, thank you very much. TKception, Sabaho. Simon says, Hypno, T uh, TK got the Snapdragon Insider. Uh, for sure. Uh, it actually is a very nice phone. Uh, from, a, from a personal experience in using it for the last couple of weeks, I couldn't share with anybody that I had it with me. Um, I took it with me on my trip to San Francisco and when we were in Oakland. And honestly, it was a pleasure uh, shooting 8K. I was I was seriously wanting to shoot 8K everything. I didn't even want to touch the 4K at that point, but it was, it was a lot of fun for sure. Uh, Geeking Asim jumping back with another one, of course, TK Pixel Bay, TK Exception, uh, and, and everybody in there. And so I, I, I with that being said, I do want to say again, thank you to everybody for taking time uh, taking time of your day and spending it with us here uh, on a Saturday morning with tech episode. Uh, Chemi Torres, of course, as always, thank you very much. Rafael, thank you. Uh, do you use Linux uh, for your live stream shows at all? No, um, I'm actually, this is running on a Windows laptops PC. Uh, so I'm using my Concept D uh, laptop, which is a creator laptop. Uh, to power this entire thing, um, there isn't really a much that you could uh, that you can't do on Linux as far as being able to to host the live stream. It just uh, that just happened to be the hardware that I started doing it about a year ago or over a year ago, and it's been pretty solid. It runs Windows and it does the job just exactly as it would it should be. So thank you to Simon says Hypno Aditya Dominic um, Anjay. Thank you very much. Um, uh, so Anjay's question is: Does the Pixel will the Pixel Six be launching in India? As far as I've heard right now, there's not very, very big indicators that this is going to happen. My hope is at some point that the pixels do become more available outside. Uh, Finn Jacobs, thank you very much again for the TKception. Good night, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, uh, Raymond is saying 4,000 milliampere. No, thank you. Again, it, it's an insider's type of phone. Honestly, the battery is not bad, but it does charge pretty quickly. Dominic Juan, Chemi, uh, of course, um, Ariane in there as well. Uh, everybody hanging out with us here. Uh, and I'm, I'm trying to make sure if I didn't miss anybody, uh, Aditya, uh, Education, uh, and of course, Dom oh, Dominic one, of course, uh, every, every, oh, Greg, of course, as well. Uh, have a good day. Be safe. Stay safe. Um, I'll catch you guys also in the comments on Monday morning with the Saturday, uh, with the SGGQA and of course, another episode of the best of our week. Uh, it's going to be a busy day. It's going to be a busy week, but uh, I think we're all going to love it. Take care. Be safe. Connect with your friends and family, and I'll see you next week on another Saturday Morning with Tech. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye for now.